This is CES Tech Talk. I'm James Kotecki, bringing you an interview that I recorded live at the C-Space studio at CES 2023. Enjoy. Hey, welcome back. You're in the C-Space studio at CES 2023 with me, James Kotecki, and my guest, Andrew Wallenstein, who is Variety Intelligence Platform's president and chief media analyst. Obviously, this is part of the Variety empire. Andrew, welcome to the show. Good to be here with you. Uh, Andrew, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you were once the co-editor-in-chief of Variety yes. itself. Um, so tell me about your current role, what appeals to you about this, and how it differs from things you've done in the past. Sure. Well. So Variety Intelligence Platform has been around now for a few years. It's basically a subscription extension to that core variety business where people who come to the variety.com website who are interested in digging deeper beyond the headlines, really into the issues that matter most to those in the media business, yeah. get a really deep mix of analysis and data like you really can't get anywhere else. And we touch on a lot of the issues that people are here at CES talking about. And so how long has Variety Intelligence Platform existed? We're going to go into our third year in 2023. We started uh, exactly when the pandemic began and we've weathered that storm. And Congratulations. You're thank you. Hopefully, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not, I'm not going to say on the other side of it, but hopefully on their side of it. Um, and so this is not unlike maybe other kind of news businesses and newsrooms that have added that kind of plus element or that yes. subscription element. Political newsrooms, for example, will have subscription-based services where you can, when the under-deputy secretary of whatever sneezes, you can get an alert about it on your phone <laughs> for those people who need to know. So this is kind of like that idea, but for your industry. Yeah. Okay. Um, and how's it going? What are you learning about uh, how this kind of business, uh, what have you learned throughout the pandemic and now in terms of how this business is operating? Well, you know, what we focus on, obviously T CES is very broad in technology. What Variety Intelligence Platform and Variety itself focuses on is the media business, content, yep. particularly in terms of how it intersects with the technology business. And this is a time of profound change Profound anxiety, frankly, because especially given the economic backdrop right now, it's a tough business to be in, no matter what piece of it that you are in. And so the changes, the adaptation, the forced innovation, all of that across film, streaming, TV, music, publishing, that's what Variety Intelligence is about. I feel like there's so much that we could dig into, but from you, what are you most curious about or interested in among all those different changes that are happening? What are some of the things maybe for your readers that are really top of mind right now? Well, you know, I think the streaming business is really where the attention's been now for several years. Uh, Netflix has found itself surrounded by a fleet of competitors and the competition there is fascinating. I think the big question going into 2023 is, will the same number of market entrants still be standing by yep. the time we get to 2024, particularly given that this business is getting harder, it's getting more expensive, it's just brutally competitive. And I, for one, don't think that's the same set of companies that began yep. several years ago are gonna be standing after another year this difficult. I won't hold your feet to the fire, but are you willing to name any names of businesses that you think are existing right now that may not exist in the same form at the end of the year? I'm not gonna single out one, but I'm gonna say, I think there's a clear sort of second rung of streaming players, uh, whether it's Paramount, uh, whether it's Peacock, the NBC Universal streaming services. I, I just don't see how they're gonna be able to compete at the level of say Netflix, 
Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, HBO Max is going to be at a critical year as they merge with Discovery. I think we're going to see a lot of this kind of, not necessarily merger activity, but partnerships, bundling. Yeah. I think that's going to happen big in 23. The addition of uh, ad-based tiers to platforms like Netflix is obviously happening. What's the sentiment in the industry around that? Is it, this is a last-ditch effort to try and figure this out? Is there a lot of you know, confidence or hope going into it? What's the feeling around that? It really is one of the big questions in streaming right now because it was unthinkable just a few short years ago that Netflix, for instance, would be in this business. Yep. But they've kind of gotten dragged there by the fact that so many others, including Disney, are playing in that world. I think the thing that's going to be most interesting, particularly for Netflix, is will this new influx of subscribers cannibalize the existing subscriber base? Right. Will we see people who are paying, say, I don't know, $14 for whatever the core Netflix product is, trade down several dollars and accept some advertising? That's not necessarily a loss for Netflix. They could start to make a lot of money on the ad sale side. Um, but I think it's going to take a while. The early going has been tough. Uh, and I think it's going to be a learning process for all the companies in this space. We've seen uh, different streaming platforms removing content, canceling different shows that were happening. Um, and you know, certain fans get upset about that. But how does all of this shape up from the business pr perspective in terms of how it influences the kinds of content that gets greenlit, that stays on the site, that gets renewed for different seasons, or even the way that people think about creating content in the first place if it's going to be ad-supported? Well, you know, I would point to the fact that in recent years, we have seen this incredible surge in the sheer volume of content out there. As you know, it's been called sort of the peak TV phenomenon. At Variety Intelligence, we've actually put out a lot of data showing just like, I think at this point, like it's across scripted and unscripted, we're really approaching about 2,000 different shows being in circulation. And I think this is the year we start to see a ceiling get hit and the, yeah. the number will start to come down as all these services get a little more discerning, as they get a little more um, careful with how they spend their dollars. You look at a company like Netflix, they still say they're going to be spending like $17 billion. Yeah. But I think how that money gets spread around will probably over a fewer set of, of shows that they want to bet on. Because also a lot of these services are getting a lot of data and they're seeing with a really granular sense of what is working and what isn't, and that's going to inform further choices. Staying on Netflix for a moment, we saw Netflix put uh, you know, a film like Glass Onion in movie theaters just for a little bit of time, yeah. uh, maybe to get some interest, and then uh, obviously mostly it's streaming. So as we're talking about the rise of these streaming platforms and their increasing dominance in our lives, what's the role of the movie theater business? What's your intelligence platform telling you? Well, what we have studied at VIP, as we call it, is how movies are going to be impacted. Clearly in 2022, we saw that the movie business is certainly reduced from where it was, say, 2019, yeah. pre-pandemic, despite the fact you've got humongous movies like Avatar, Top Gun. Yep. As successful as those big movies are, the sheer volume of movies is nowhere near what it used to be. 23 will be an interesting test because we'll see the volume come back up. But I got to tell you, as we look at the numbers, I don't think the movie business is ever going to go back to what it once was. I think we are seeing not its eradication. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's going to get smaller and smaller, particularly with regard to 
the theatrical business. I think the sheer volume of theaters in the U.S. and worldwide is going to start to come down a bit. And I think it's going to be a reflection of the fact that a lot of movies are going to find their home on streaming. Yeah. Because really, I think you're going to see that just the biggest blockbusters and maybe horror and some other few genres that play particularly well will keep a reduced footprint of the theater business open. But otherwise, I think it's going to be a different mix. And those movies you mentioned that might still be successful in theaters, it seems to be based on the experience of the audience needing to have that big screen or wanting to have that big screen experience for a giant movie like Avatar or Top Gun. For a horror movie, I guess the experience is being with other people and hearing those screams. Exactly. Um, but for you know a thought-provoking indie film, maybe there's less, maybe it sounds like what you're saying, maybe it just makes less sense for that to ever be in a theater. Yeah, we're seeing that right now, by the way. The award season is upon us. Lots of movies that are gunning for Oscar nominations and you kind of the indie show, indie movies, art house movies that you're talking about. Box office has not been pretty. Yeah. And I think it's a reflection of exactly what you're talking about. Um, so much we could talk about here. I want to see, do you have a prediction for your industry that maybe others don't agree with, that seems maybe a little bit crazy, but you think could actually happen in the next few years? Well, another thing that we've focused on this year at VIP in a big way was the metaverse, which is, of yes. course, everyone's been talking about in a big way. I think... I am not as bearish as I think most people are in terms of how Meta and Mark Zuckerberg, who's betting pretty much the future of the company mm -hmm. on the metaverse, I'm very bearish in the short term about how the billions and billions that they and other players are sinking into that business is going to pan out. But I think it's not crazy in the long term. When I say long, mm -hmm. I mean like five to ten years at the very least, yeah. that we do see the pieces of the metaverse puzzle come together. I think when you look at even the virtual reality business, which has been rough going, it's, uh, you know, certainly nothing that's kind of at the precipice of like major expansion. I still think when I see how teen audiences are playing with that equipment, that over time and a lot of the uh, evolution and innovation, and yes, a lot of failure, we're gonna get to yep. a place eventually where it's gonna work. And what would be the tipping point? Is there a specific thing that would happen or that you would see in your data that would make you say, okay, the metaverse has arrived? I'll, you know, well, look, the metaverse is certainly broader than just the entertainment business. I think you're gonna see more targeted applications work, say in education or otherwise, um, that will probably bring the metaverse awareness up a bit. For the entertainment slice of the metaverse, I think it's gonna be akin to what has always been the case of media, which is a medium doesn't truly arrive until there's a hit piece of content that raises awareness. And so I think we may see a, the equivalent of, and this is a very loose metaphor, and I, just the way I Love Lucy sort of broke television big mm. in the 1950s, who's to say we won't see some sort of equivalent experience develop in the metaverse. I mean, you could argue that what Fortnite has done with content may be the very thing that I'm talking about. But in terms of what Mark Zuckerberg wants the metaverse to be, immersive, three-dimensional, I think we're a ways away from seeing the true killer app that will help that. Well, Andrew Wallenstein, Variety Intelligence Platform, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Anytime. Well, I hope you enjoyed that live conversation from CES 2023. Look up the CES C-Space Studio for more conversations like that and get even more CES at ces.tech. 
That's ces.tech. And of course, please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a moment. I'm James Kotecki, Talking Tech on CES Tech Talk.